Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode 702, a show about technology and ministry and where those two intersect. I'm your host, Martin Spriggs, and it is Tuesday, May 11th, 2023. Each week, we talk to experts in the field of ministry and technology about how it can be used to enhance the work of the church. We cover a wide range of topics from using social media to reach new people to using technology to improve worship experiences. We also share our own experiences with using technology in ministry. And we offer tips and advice for others who are looking to do the same. Hey, Jason, Sally, and Rachel. Welcome back to Wells Tech. Happy to be back. It's been a while, and it's nice to sit in this chair again and have a good tech and ministry conversation with you, with all three of you. By the way, the intro I just read was created by our good friends at Google through their Bard AI tool, which I just signed up for. (laughs) So if it sounded a little bit different, that was Google talking. So, well, (laughs) and it just goes, and and that just goes to show that Bard doesn't know what it's talking about because it said something about experts. Experts, I'm not so sure. I'm not so (laughs) sure about that. At least, at least from myself, I don't know. Like you guys, you guys can claim that hat, but. I love it though. That was like I I was I was listening the whole time, Martin. I was like, wow, hey, that's pretty flowery. Is I like that what that. we do like, here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is actually amazing because it's uh it's pulling that from obviously content across the web and it knows about us. So that's encouraging. <laughs> so we probably should uh talk about why we're on episode 702 when we probably should have hit episode 702 like uh, a couple months, three months ago, maybe. So we run a little bit of a hiatus, and maybe I'll let Sally bring us up to speed on why all that happened. Well, it all goes back to traveling to California, Martin, and I do not recommend Everything starts in California. (laughs) No, actually, uh, I was blessed to be able to go along on the MLC alumni tour in California and saw California Lutheran High School and worshipped and listened to a choir concert um, at one of the churches. and just had a wonderful time, but then I felt ill, unfortunately. And the results of it were that I was paralyzed. It was kind of a scary time for me. Um, I am back and actually learning to walk again. So kind of taking some baby steps, but uh, I'm actually able to climb stairs and uh, walk very slowly so far. But people promise me that it's going to get better and better. So I'm looking forward to that, doing lots of um, physical and occupational therapy and um, trying to rest a lot because it's pretty exhausting. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, wonderful to be back at work and back in the swing of things. And thanks for waiting on me. Awesome to have you back. We were praying for you, still do. And uh, we're we're encouraged each time you have a little update because uh, it seems like you're moving in the right direction, so to speak. You, after you bought that house with all those stairs too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the 
the house is an old Victorian. The first floor is 10 foot ceilings. So there's actually, I've counted them many times, 17 <laughs> stairs to my bedroom on the second floor. So I didn't make it up here until two months after my trip to California. I literally could only be on the first floor for a long time and had to have people get me into the house because there's stairs outside too. So feeling very blessed that I can do stairs again. Excellent. So, excellent. Yeah. If you didn't guess, we're talking about AI in technology. And actually, we're finishing up a series on the Incredibles of EdTech. And I'm no expert on the Incredibles, but Jack-Jack uh, is the character that we're focusing on. And maybe one of you that are more familiar with the, uh, is it a trilogy? How many, how many Incredible uh, uh, movies are there? Two? Okay, so you can't <laughs> call it a trilogy yet, but... Uh, Who's Jack Jack and why are we talking about him? Um, I don't know if one of you guys want to jump in on that. Yeah, we'll we'll call it a duology, Martin. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there are two of them. So yeah, Jack Jack is the baby of the family, and they're concerned that he doesn't have any powers at the end of the by the end of the first movie. Um, but what they found out is he can set himself on fire, he can turn <laughs> into uh turn into a an invincible metal baby uh, and then he also has like a like a, a dark side kind of almost like a you know like a little gremlin where he can you know like just gets gets enraged and stuff like that so he actually has uh he has uh some some very versatile powers and can uh is incredibly powerful probably the most powerful one of the whole family um but also a little scary and <laughs> <laughs> maybe somebody we want to be a little cautious around so uh, so that's why that's why we thought that Jack Jack was a good avatar for uh, for artificial intelligence. It is a little scary. It is powerful, and we don't know all the possibilities yet. Um, and I think there's probably very few teachers out there that don't feel the same way, right? Yeah, definitely. I've read plenty of articles about how teachers are struggling. They see um, some positives with it, but they see how their students could use it and basically get around doing different assignments and things by having the AI do it and answer it for them. So I think there's pluses and minuses, kind of like I think in our pre-show discussion, we talked about the fear around iPods and uh, um, smartphones and things like that. Maybe there was some fears around uh, the printing press way back in Luther's time. You know, this new technology thing does tend to introduce um, so many possibilities that are that are unknown to us. Um, even like Jack Jack, uh, children, you know, have their whole life ahead of them and so many possibilities. So more parallels there. Rachel, I'd be interested in your take. You're sending off teachers into the world here. Assignment day is coming up on Saturday at Martin Luther College. What are they going? What are they getting themselves into when we're talking about AI in the classroom? What are their concerns? What are, what's in their head at this point? Oh, I I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> I this is this is one of those things that as we as we start to learn more and see more. Um, more applications of it. There are just so many uh, things that teachers rely on, <clears throat> you know, short answers, essays, uh, chapter summaries, those kind of assignments that an AI can do really, really well. And um, it's very tricky to find out if it was written by an AI. Um, there are sites that 
teachers can use that say, hey, was this written by an AI? But then if you just go back and tell the AI, please write it so that this other AI <laughs> can't, this other uh, AI can't tell that it was written by an AI, um, then it does that. So <laughs> we've been uh, experimenting with it quite a bit in um, our network services office, actually, um, and really been impressed slash scared with some of the results. Um, we use Moodle as our learning management system. And I asked one of our programmers, hey, could you do this thing in Moodle? And he said, yeah, probably. And then he went to uh, ChatGPT and said, hey, can you make this thing? And ChatGPT spit back a code, uh, not like a secret code, but like, you know, computer programming code uh, that worked. <laughs> did exactly what we wanted it to do. And rather than our programmer having to sit, you know, for a while and figure all that out, just put it right in there, um, which is amazingly frightening. <laughs> so there, there are a lot of really cool things and just not a lot of frightening things too. Yeah. And that, you know, Rachel, that, um, that kind of plays into some of the, like, some of the conversations that we've been having too around these tools and some of the the usefulness of some of these things that are out there um one of the things that we do on a very consistent basis is we build um we build question banks and it's it's something that's very time consuming you have to do specific formatting um and you know it's very like it's content specific so we have been like it costs it costs time and people um, to, to be able to build some of these things. And we have transitioned to using ChatGPT to, um, to build these question banks. So we paste in a whole bunch of text and then say, you know, generate 30 questions based on this content. And now we're no longer generating that stuff, but we're proofreading it. So it takes that cognitive load off of just creating that kind of content and really changing that um, that emphasis to proofreading, editing, revising, and fact checking, because that's the other big part of it is um and and could be one of those one of the the things just to watch out for is the the fact that it's only as accurate as the database that it's pulling from. And very frequently, um, because it's a machine, right? It doesn't have it doesn't have a, a, a moral filter or um, you know, or discerning, like it's not, we call it artificial intelligence, but it's not intelligent, it's just spitting things back based on an algorithm. So it really becomes important to be literate about information. And not just relying on these things, like just because they generate something doesn't mean that it's necessarily accurate. Always want to make sure that we're verifying um, that the that what we're getting out of it is um, is what's worthwhile. And I think that's like you know it gets it gets it gets us to start thinking about how like if a if a student can answer this and get a good grade using AI, then maybe we need to think about the kinds of questions that we're asking and, uh, and, you know, and using that to rethink assessments. So, um, you know, like, like Sally mentioned, we, we had a similar panic with phones in the classroom. We had a similar panic with calculators in the classroom, right? And then I'll get to my pick of the week in a little bit. 
Um, but you know, I, that's just one of those, but it's one of those things, like we've seen this before. I think this is just probably one of the more disruptive things that's happened in, in recent memory anyways. So I'm excited about it. I think it's really cool. Um, and the, the possibilities are endless. We just need to, we just need to figure out how to do this responsibly. Um, you know, cause kind of we're, we'll, we'll mix superhero metaphors, right? With great power comes great responsibility. So maybe we put Jack, Jack in a Spider-Man costume. I bet we could do that. Like, I think we should talk to Dolly <laughs> and have, and have, uh, and have AI generate that for us. I think it could happen, Martin and Sally. Okay. I got to share my screen. Sorry. Tag team off of that. Um, I didn't use Dolly, which is one that generates images, but I used Bing's image generator, which is free. And I asked it to do llamas listening to music on a sunny day in a meadow. And man, did I get amazing results. I am so thrilled with these images that Bing uh, generated for me. And I bet nothing like this has ever existed before. So, um, you know, the possibilities are endless. Jason, you brought up... Um calculators in the classroom. And I remember obviously when that happened and how they were, you know, forbidden and then you couldn't bring, you know, watches with that in there and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, is this really the same thing? I mean, are we, are we saying, and ultimately calculators found their way into the classroom because they were a tool. Uh, we felt that there was a tool that, uh, you know, made sense. And we said, yeah, let's, um, get this in the hands of our kids because it's helpful. Um, I'm hearing that maybe AI is maybe in that same class. We have to treat it with some, um, you know, baby steps and then ultimately see where it fits for the, for the greater good in education. Is that, uh, is that kind of where your head's at too? Yeah. A, you know, it's one of those things like the genie's out of the bottle now. Right. And um, you know, we can't, we can't put it back. We can't undo the things that are out there. So, you know, we may have really good reasons for this kind of thing to not be out there or, you know, to, to have things the way that they are and that the way that they always have been. Um, but this, this is like, we can't, we can't go backwards. So, you know, it's more, I think, I think my perspective on it is more, of acknowledging the reality and um and understanding like this is going to be a part of our lives no matter what so we're going to have to figure out how to coexist with these with these tools um and 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 leverage them for what they are um you know and then it's going to it's going to cause a shift on on the kinds of skills that we're uh that we're working to develop with kids so talk, I can Oh, go ahead, Sally. Well, I was just going to see I can foresee a summer full of uh professional development. Like your summer scripts just got written as to um what you're going to be doing and just wanted to point out a couple of sites that we found um and I'll just share my screen one more time. Um, in particular, Ditch That Textbook has 30 AI tools for the classroom where they've compiled a list and they talk a little bit about what it is. And then they have links to all these different sites that have potential, um, but not just links. Uh, they go into each one and explain it a bit, talk about pricing and things, give you links to it um, and other things. So I found a couple that were interesting. Perplexity, um, in particular, it's very similar to ChatGPT, but it actually gives you um, 
sources. So you can dig deeper mm -hmm. into the sources. You can cite the sources and things like that. And then um, another one that I just wanted to mention, and that one's free, Perplexity, as well as Conquer, C-O-N-K-E-R.ai, where it'll generate uh, quizzes with different types of questions. You tell it the the age and the subject and other details and things. And it can do multiple choice, read and respond or fill in the blank type quizzes or a combination. And it even hooks up to your um, Google forms and can put the questions in there. And so that one's free as well. Just a couple of examples from mm -hmm. that resource site. Yeah. The Bing AI um, is also does the reference thing, which is kind of nice. I think that's, um, yeah, that's kind of a way to do a double check. I got to share my screen here now too. For those of you listening at home, we've got, I just typed in <laughs> Jack, Jack dressed like Spider-Man into uh Bing image creator and, uh, that's great. pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't know. I think my llamas were better, but whatever. They were. You know, they the were. llamas are, the llamas are definitely cuter, but <laughs> yeah, this is, that's pretty impressive though. <laughs> Uh, any other tools that are out there that we should be kind of talking about? Because there's, you know, there's AI, but basically it's only useful, only as useful as the the kind of the use cases that some of these tools are being built up and they're coming out every day. Anything else that we see that's kind of impressive that we may want to uh, maybe try out, kick the tires on? I think what'll be interesting is to see how many of these uh, tools last, yeah, you know, sure. through the summer into the next school year, because there are just tons of tools that do so, so many things. And the truth is only a certain number of them can survive before they start buying each other up and all that, all that good stuff. But, um, I, you know, they're, they're worth a try, I think, especially for boosting productivity. Um, the, the student side is a little frightening. The teacher side though is awesome. Um, I was I'm teaching a class this summer on, um, something about slides. You taught it a while ago, Martin, actually, and I'm teaching it to, um, teachers in both of the water towns, South Dakota and Wisconsin. And I needed a starting point. And I said, hey, can you give me a course outline about this topic? And sure enough, it ChatGPT spit me back a course outline with assessments and uh, learning goals and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I've used it as a good starting point uh, sometimes I get a little stuck in my head and don't know where to start. I uh, did the same thing with we're switching uh, to Moodle 4 in August, and I needed a kind of training site for our students to get used to it. And I'm like, well, ChatGPT, what can you tell me? And again, it spit out a couple of units. Hey, you should make sure you cover this, this, and this. Um, I've also used it for writing emails. You know, when you've got those students who just don't turn in their work, uh, tell the AI, hey, can you give me an email about how they haven't, about, to a student who hasn't turned any in any work and make it sound nice, <laughs> forceful. And you get one. <laughs> and all that, you know, the, the cognitive load that I would have used to figure mm -hmm. out okay, what words do I use, all that stuff. 
now it's uh let's proofread it and make sure it makes sense and go on to the next thing, which I think is just, it, it's, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to see it, you know, in things like Grammarly, it's, it's already, I think kind of there. Um, you're going to see it. I think it's in word now with the Bing tools. If you're using word online, uh, I'm sure Google's going to embed it in Google docs. Um, Notion, uh, the the note taking popular note taking app, has it now. Um, uh, all the the graphics tools like Canva and those kinds of things, they're all figuring out how to how to put this in some way. And I think the the ones that do it successfully are maybe going to separate themselves, separate their products from the others because it's going to be an expectation, um, regardless of what you're doing. One more resource I wanted to jump in with, and I'm not sure who contributed this to the conversation, so you guys can um, jump in and talk about it yourselves, but there's a site called learnprompting.org, and it's about giving AI good prompts, and there's a whole um, you know training around that concept. So who was it that contributed this? Somebody's using this. Yeah, that was that was me, Sally. So um, we're again on that journey of embracing this, these tools and knowing that they're going to be a part of our our lives. So how can we leverage these the best way that we can? Um, So this learnprompting.org is uh, it's it's uh, it's it's free uh, and it's a great place to go to learn how to generate those prompts. So, um, and, and it's specifically, it's specifically geared towards chat GPT. So if you try, like if you use Bard or one of those other, um, those, one of those other generative AI tools that are out there, um, you know, they, some of these, some of these concepts will, uh, will transfer, but, um, you know, I mean, it's just really, if you if you you're coming in with base knowledge zero, which is a lot of people, like you know, for me, like I was just kind of playing around with this stuff and you know, just trying to kind of see what works. But you know, when you get into something like this and you do a little bit more study on like the specific ways to ask certain questions, you get it to behave in a different way, which is really interesting and compelling. Um, to you're to, almost to giving see, like, them that power almost is. giving the AI kind of a profile who are who are you? I get that sense in a lot of the prompts. Mm-hmm. You're a, you're a so-and-so, or you, you think like this, or you mm-hmm. approach things like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Editor bot, you know, take a, take a look at my paper and make it three paragraphs shorter and uh, make sure that it follows this structure. Like you can, and, and you get like, you get like, I don't know, it's something like 4,000 words or something like that for, for the length of your prompts. So you can, you can get really specific, uh, on what you have it do and how, and how it, it operates. Here's a sample email, just like Rachel was describing. It says, um, my name's Mario. My boss's name is John. Write a humorous yet professional email to my boss saying that I'll be out of the office today since I'm sick. Be concise and funny. Include a funny reason. Dear John, I'm writing to let you know that I'll be out of the office today. I know I'm supposed to be working, but I just couldn't resist the call of the siren song of the local donut shop. I'm sure you understand. I'll be back in the office tomorrow and we'll make up the time. Thanks, Mario. So there you go. Martin, you're going to be getting the emails like this from me. Siren song of the local donut shop. The only thing that it's missing is a cat button. (laughs) 
You can't just leave that hanging out there, Jason. <laughs> Rachel has a fountain of cats, I guess, in her in her place. So we're 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 um, we're listening for that in the background. I still don't hear it though, Rachel. I mean, I can move my computer closer if you'd like to hear it. Oh no, that's okay. I have okay. to. It's yeah. It's 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 getting close to break time, so you know <laughs> we want we want to finish the podcast first. <laughs> All right, it's just a little tease. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I guess um, one thing that I would encourage uh, our listeners to do is uh, uh, let us know through the show notes page or communicate with us uh, on our on our email wellstech at wells.net. and um, uh, let us know how you might be using or have used uh, AI tools in your ministry. I'd be very interested to, or we'd be very interested in, in uh, hearing more examples of that, how it applies specifically to, to ministry opportunities here. Ministry resource. I've forgotten kind of our cadence here. Ministry resources are up next. That's a <laughs> section where we pick a, a tool, a site, an event, something that we want to highlight as uh, something that uh, you might want to consider it's a way to enhance your particular ministry or an intersection of technology and ministry. Sally, what did we come up with here? Well, I'm going to tip my hat to Rachel on this one. And I gave you a little bit of a lead in because I think professional development on AI is going to be very big this summer. And QMLC's Open Learning Conference, uh, it's back again this summer. And Rachel, maybe you want to tell us about some of the topics that will be featured. Absolutely. So this is a, a free online conference um, that MLC offers. Uh, we started offering it, I think, two or three, four years ago, something like that. Um, and we're happy to offer it again. The, the first day we are looking pretty much just at AI. Um, we are looking at how it can transform student productivity, how it can transform or teacher productivity, uh, student assessment, We'll start off with just a general overview. What is AI? Um, because that in and of itself is a confusing yet super interesting topic. Um, so that is, those are our first three sessions on Tuesday, June 13th. And then uh, the following day on the 14th, we're gonna be talking, um, well, first, James Karlowski isn't going to tell us about what we do without sex and math, <laughs> yeah, which is a, a topic a lot of our schools are struggling with. Um, and then we have two about um, kind of how we help our the parents at our schools um, become spiritual leaders. How do we um, how do we help? our families in our schools, um, because there's so many things uh, to struggle with and AI is definitely not even among the worst. Uh, and so how, how can we help make sure that our, our school families, especially, but, you know, congregations, students um, are really strong in their, in their faith and uh, able to able to make some of those difficult decisions. Um, so that is Tuesday and Wednesday, June 13th and 14th, both days. It starts at uh, 10 a.m. Central New Ulm time. Uh, they are recorded, so you can, you can view them later if you uh, aren't available those days. But you can register on the MLC website, uh, mlc-wells.edu slash open learning. 
and it is free. Love the price tag. That's awesome. Awesome. Yep. And, it, uh, it's something that we can do for our our churches and schools, and we we are really we're blessed to be able to do it. Fact that day one is totally AI is is interesting, kind of uh, telling in and of itself. So nice. All right, let's move on to our tips and or picks of the week. It's uh, guests, hosts first, and ladies first. Rachel, what is your pick of the week? All right, so mine I uh, found on TikTok last night, <laughs> and it has a very strange URL. It's goblin.tools, uh, which sounds odd, but it is super cool. So uh, this is a website of uh, various AI tools, and the reason it caught my eye is because I uh, sometimes have a hard time with if a, if a task seems too big and overwhelming for me to a- accomplish at, uh, you know, in one sitting or at one time, I just won't do it. Um, and sometimes I have a hard time breaking those tasks down into smaller, more manageable chunks. Well, this website does it for you. Um, so one of the tools is magic to do. And you just put in the thing that you want to do, maybe like cleaning the kitchen. And then you say how, uh, how many, how much it's spiciness level. And what they mean by that is if it's really spicy, you think it's, wow, this is a really complex task. I really need it broken down. Not so spicy, just need it broken down a little bit. Uh, So you choose that spiciness level and then you press a magic wand uh, after you press the plus sign. And it thinks for a little bit and it will give you a list of all the things that you need to do to accomplish that bigger task. And for me, this is just awesome. Like, because it does just break it down into little manageable chunks. Um, and that's just one of the tools on for goblin tools. There's also, um, there's the formalizer, which is where you can take your uh, text and say, you know, say, hey, that this is a really terrible idea. I don't agree with it. Uh, And then put that in and say, hey, please make my text more formal. And you will come out with a professional email. Um, You can also make it less formal which I think is very interesting, less emotional, more passionate. Um, so it can, if, if you struggle to write uh, those kind of emails or letters or whatever, um, that can really help you. Uh, there's also a the judge where you can put in text and see how your tone com- comes across can be very helpful for checking those emails before you send them. Uh, there's an estimator, which I don't, I don't know how it can possibly do tell tell you how long something's going to take. Uh, like if I tell it to clean the kitchen, it says it's going to take me 30 minutes to two hours. Um, <laughs> Your kitchen must be dirtier than mine. Mine's only going to take 30 minutes to an hour. That well, my kitchen probably is. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. Um, it knows you. It so, knows where you live. Yeah, 
<laughs> probably does. Um, I'm not entirely sure how accurate or helpful that is, but hey, it's there. Um, <laughs> and then it also has a compiler. And on when I saw this one being um, demoed on TikTok, the person had used uh, speech to text and was just basically uh, talking all the things that they had to do into the text box. And then you, so you could type or talk all those things and then it'll turn it into a to-do list for you. Um, so it can really help with just kind of, it was on hashtag ADHD TikTok um, and to help people focus on what they, what they need to do. And I, I think this could be, I, I've used the, um, the to-do list just this morning and was really happy with it. So I'm looking forward to using it more. Also the little goblin icon is super cute. So that always helps. <laughs> All right. Win, 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 nice. including yeah. the icon. It's great. It's like a happy baby Yoda. <laughs> Goblin.tools right. is the pick. All right, Jason, you're up. Thank you. So my pick of the week uh, comes back to it's a this is a flashback, right? So I made my, I talked about calculators a little bit earlier and calculators in school. And one of the best ways to sneak one in was to put it on your wrist as a um, as a <laughs> as a watch. So I found out that Casio actually still makes these. So if you are uh, looking for a new watch or a replacement watch uh, and not ready to give up your completely smart watch, um, we just want to have one with average intelligence or above average intelligence, uh, then we can, we can go to Casio and pick up a data bank with the calculator on there. So I thought that was a, a fun bit of nostalgia. It brought me back to my seventh grade year uh, when, uh, <laughs> when I got in trouble, um, which, you know. <laughs> Is I mean you know it's like I yeah I'm not I'm not one to push the envelope you guys don't know that about me um, but I, I I you know I this is a big reveal I know that is that is something that I'm I'm I know you guys are really surprised to hear that but um but anyways I thought this was really cool and you know for thirty bucks yeah I might have to pick one up you know just to just to relive those glory days of being twelve so that's my pick this week. Says it comes in vintage mannish colors. Woohoo! That's a real selling point. <laughs> mannish colors. Like Twelve-year-old size fingers to hit those buttons. So. <laughs> fingernails, Martin. It was it was my incentive to stop biting my fingernails so I could push the buttons. Uh, very, very good. I love it. All right, Sally. Well, we got a theme going here because mine's a watch as well, and I have purchased uh, actually um birthday gift uh an apple watch low-end se version um but it's really nice and it even has Minnie mouse on the um screen and she'll tell me she speaks to me in Minnie Mouse language as well. So um, that makes me very happy. But one of the cool reasons I wanted to tell you about it is something I learned about Apple Fitness. And if you're in the iOS space, you're probably familiar with Apple Fitness. And the watch is really great with keeping up with your movement and your exercise and your heart rate and all kinds of cool things. But did you know that there's a wheelchair option in at 
Apple Fitness. So if you aren't exactly taking steps these days, like someone I know, uh, you can put it on the wheelchair option and it'll remind you to get out and do some rolling in your wheelchair every hour and uh, keep up with the number of times that you've rolled your wheelchair. So little known fact, but those with um, some walking disabilities are also included in Apple Fitness. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's just one of the things I'm using it for and I'm still learning. So maybe future picks will focus on the Apple Watch as well. But for now, I'm really happy with it and I just am in love with Mini Mouse. So that's what All I got right. for you. Question for Apple Watch users is always, which band did you pick? Well, um, I went with the white, but then I ordered a set of three that are laser engraved with flowers. So it's kind of a leathery band, and I have black and green and purple. So I have options. No llamas yet. No llamas, but I could put llamas on my home screen. I just have to get rid of Minnie Mouse. And I just can't stand to get rid of that little voice. I love it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you, Sally. Um, my pick of the week is uh, actually a note-taking app, something that you know, I'm on a constant quest to, to find one that is actually easy to use and something that uh, is not getting in the way of my digital note-taking. And uh, lo and behold, on my Apple devices, there's a free built-in tool called Apple Notes. I put a link in the show. I will put a link in the show notes, or Sally will put a link in the show notes uh, for a nice blog post from the paper-like people, which create screens for iPads to give it more of a, a paper-like feeling. But uh, they did a nice review of Apple Notes. Apple Notes has been around a long time. But over the last couple of years, they've made some nice improvements. It does nice handwriting recognition. Uh, you can type, you can embed documents in it. It does OCR, optical character recognition. I don't think there's any AI yet, but yeah, maybe that's coming. Um, but it is super easy to use if you are especially an Apple user, uh, whether you're on a, a Mac or an iPad or an iPhone it's super easy to get up, uh, easy to um, search, uh, to categorize, to use tagging, to to um, put in folders. You can have up to I think a depth of five subfolders. So if you're into you know super micro organization, you can do that with Apple Notes and uh, just kind of a simple you know get out of my way kind of a tool. And uh, it's got minimal formatting, um, but I think it's. Uh, something worth trying. I've tried all of the other ones. Um, uh, those that support handwriting and those that don't. And uh, Apple just makes it so easy to use. And uh, so that's the one I'm, I'm using. And usually I use my note-taking app just to get um, quick notes down. And ultimately the notes that I take usually go into some other system if they're worth saving whether that's into OneNote or into a task management system or Trello or something like this. But, you know, oftentimes when I'm taking notes, I'm just, uh, I just need to be able to get at it quickly and uh, then know where I remember where I put it. So Apple Notes uh, does that that nicely. And it comes along free um, for, for the ride. So you don't really have to uh, have any kind of investment to try it. But that is my pig of the week, Apple Notes. And I am a notes user on my iPhone, Martin, but I had no clue that it could do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I use it most often when I copy something on my iPhone and I don't want to lose what I've copied. I'll go dump it into notes because 
Um, it doesn't allow you to go back over several copies or whatever and retain that copy stuff. So, um, but man, I'm going to check out all this capability here. Um, and yeah, what I have up on the screen is the, is the article about it, but we'll definitely have a link, um, to the app Apple's as official well. page. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of nice if you're on a web page, let's say you're on your iPad or something and you open up a quick note, it'll, it can automatically embed a link right to that website. And then you can uh, take notations on that or whether it's a YouTube video, something like that. So works pretty well. That is very cool. All right. That is our pick. Those are our picks of the week. Thanks one and all. Uh, all interesting, of course. Community news and feedback is our last segment. Sally, we have anything in this category? <laughs> we do. And it's going to be a lot of fun for me to describe this. Um, I'm going to share my screen first because we got an email with photos, which is probably our favorite kind of email to get. And it was from a friend in Sweden. His name is Carl Birkenfiel. And Carl, my apologies if I've mispronounced your last name. I, I'm known for that. So, but we really appreciate that you wrote to us. He says, I thought it might be interesting for you uh, that I share some of the technology I bring with me and use every Sunday to stream the service at the Lutheran Confessional Church of Sweden, Stockholm. So, um, he gave us a couple of links, um, a link to their church body but on the CELC website, but also a link to their YouTube channel. So you can see some of his streaming if you want to check it out. Um, what I'm showing here is his um, packed up gear. He's kind of a one-man show. And um, here is all of his setup as he's streaming uh, the services. And it's quite impressive. He goes on in his email to describe it and... Um, he says he uses a lot of different things, uh, a pair of lavaliers, a couple of wireless go from road, um, with inbuilt audio recording as an extra backup. Um, and then he goes into the different, uh, things that it's connected into. And honestly, it's extremely detailed. So what I'm going to yeah. do is throw all of that description uh, into a little side note on um, the show notes page so that you can read through all his different equipment, perhaps learn something, or maybe you even have questions for Carl that you'd like to get in touch with him and ask him about. But definitely an impressive setup and kudos to you, Carl. He says, I work mostly alone. So it's a challenge to make all things exact and time. I can imagine it's a challenge. So um, that's really an impressive setup. And thanks very much uh, for sharing it. We'll definitely include links in the show notes to um, the YouTube channel so people can check out your recordings. Cool stuff. Jason or Rachel, was it one of you that brought up the stream deck uh, a while back? Forget which one of you. Yeah, that was me. I got one. He's got one right today. there on the table. I don't know if you notice that on the picture there. So yeah. pretty pretty I cool. love that thing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then just one more mention. Um, it's a link to EdTech Awards. Um, so one of the emails that I get daily or on weekdays is from Smart Brief. They do a lot of different compilation type. Um, email blast and one in particular is focused on educational technology and so they did a survey recently for their uh, readers choice awards and they have um, a lot of different um, recommendations here um, for classroom assessment they like iReady and 
Otis assessment, um, professional development, they mentioned Lexia, um, classroom management tools, curriculum development, the Eduverse and pilot interactives. There's early education recommendations, hardware and technology, reading and literacy, safety and security. It goes on and on. Social, emotional, special ed and STEM. So definitely check out their recommendations. Let us know if you're using any of these and what your experience has been. Or if there's something new here that you try out, let us know what you think of it. But always interesting to get kind of this compilation and see what other people are using and what they recommend. Very nice. If you want to contribute to the show, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, it's pretty easy to do. Go to wellstech.wells.net and make a comment on any of the shows uh, in the show notes or uh, leave an email, wellstech at wells.net or connect with us on any of the socials, uh, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, of course, Twitter, Digo, we're still on, um, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. We also have a thriving community uh, through Google Groups. So that link is there as well. So lots of ways to get in touch with us, join the conversation. Uh, glad that uh, Sal, so so glad that Sally is back um, for 702. That was, uh, that was a breath of fresh air to be able to get back in the seat and even though we were a little rusty, I think uh, we got some we got some good stuff out there. So, our thanks again to Jason and Rachel for taking time out of their day to join us once again, and and welcome Sally back. And uh, we look forward to doing this again. So, uh, blessings on your ministries, everybody, and uh, talk to you next time. Bye bye.